welcome to the 185th episode of the Cracked Die Podcast. Hooray! Wow! Let's do it! We got this. We finally resolved the cliffhanger right after this cold open. <laughs> <laughs> 185? 185, yeah. Only 15 more till 200. I know. Isn't that crazy? I'm in denial that we've been doing this this long. I know. Thanks for sticking around, all you listeners. So I know, I know we argue about like the starting date of this whole rigmarole. Do we? (laughs) (laughs) I think you're the only one. Okay. Well, I get confused because it's like, oh, but we did like five episodes in the first week, blah, 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 blah. You know, whatever. But I did look at Apple Podcasts and I was looking back to when our first episode, like when we did our first set of releases and it was, hang on, hang on, still scrolling. I got to go back. Got to go back. We got to go back. Was it 2013? No way it was 2013. (laughs) (laughs) Watching the shipped my pants thing happen. That's why I was wondering. (laughs) I don't know if we did this on purpose, but it was 9-19 of 2019. I believe we try to do it on purpose. Well, then we did a good job. I think if we tried to do it on purpose, we wouldn't have done it. That's true. Never mind. We didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. We're not that skilled. No. Our first three episodes came out 9 19 2019. Oh, it's coming up on four years. Jeez. Yeah. Cheesy Pete's. I know. We've been at this for a while. If you're out there and you've been listening to us since September of 2019, let us know. Thank again. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> but also just thanks for everybody for listening to 185 episodes of this. <laughs> just how did you find us? We didn't have any backlog. There was no nothing to catch up on. So how'd you get here? And thanks for sticking around. Yeah, absolutely. And technically, again, this is this is where we get into episode numbers versus minisodes. We have 203 things listed as published things in Apple podcasts. So no, no, call it iTunes. It feels good. Sean can't word. Just ignore it. Sean can't word. Just go with it. It's okay. I can't word either. I just want to make sure we're in the same word vomit sphere. That's all. We have 203 pieces of content up for this podcast. Ah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Understood. But how many pieces of flair do you have, Sean? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, currently none. That is well below the minimum for this establishment. Yeah, well, look at Matt. Matt has 43. <laughs> Before we get into this episode. I just want to regale you all with a quick story about how dumb I am. I'm all ears. Go on. Oh boy. So I wanted to barbecue the other day as one does when it's warm outside and they enjoy barbecuing. So I went to start our barbecue and our igniter wasn't working. Not a big deal. It's a propane barbecue. You throw a little fire into it and it'll light up. However, I had turned on all three burners and left them on when I went inside to go get something to light it with. Oh, no. No, Sean, no. And the only things we had available to light the barbecue with easily was a piece of spaghetti and a brulee torch. (laughs) Now, dry pasta is flammable, like you can light it and throw it in. So I was using the brulee torch to light the piece of spaghetti and I was standing a wee bit close to where the propane was leaking out of apparently. And I got the grill lit. I also lost all the hair on my hands, about a quarter of an inch of hair on my head, but I still have eyebrows and a beard, so I'm good. Good, good. I was actually going to ask about your eyebrows. That's usually the first to... 
to go. Yeah, fortunately, I think he was just far enough that, like, the fireball only kind of came up to the elbow, didn't make it to the face. Okay, good. Thank goodness. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's the important part, honestly. You're a fucking idiot, but I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Let's not pretend it was leaking out of the grill. Yeah, no. You turned the burners on. <laughs> and just left them to do their thing. Oh, Sean, we love you. So then I call my wife, who's not at home, and go, hang on a second. I'm okay, but... And he had been coming, he had been going home from somewhere, so I was like, the first thing he says when I pick up the phone is, everything is okay. And I'm like, you got in a car accident. You don't have a car anymore. What? You had the cat with you. The cat was in the car. Why would you call her? <laughs> All you're doing is like giving her stress. That's what I said to him. I was like, if you had never told me that this happened, I would never know. I felt guilty for some reason. I don't know why. I was the one who almost died. Oh, he had to tattle on himself. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. Snitches get stitches, Sean. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to be lying in bed stroking you and going, why is all that hair gone from your arms? The worst was the smell of all the burnt hair. Yeah, burnt hair smells awful. For those of you who don't know, when Sean says he lost a quarter inch of hair, it's because he's got two feet still left. <laughs> it does touch my butt crack now. Wow, that's impressive. That's that stuff everybody needed to know. I know, right? But his butt crack's in the middle of his back, so it's fine. <laughs> I have an abnormally long butt crack now. <laughs> Goes from his shoulder blades down. It's canon. I don't like the implication that I'm into this. <laughs> so, if I remember correctly, last episode, you all investigated and broke this guy's spirit, Brigvin, who was selling the fake weapons. And I will tell you, the only reason he just broke down and started confessing is because, ooh, you rolled a critical success on that check. And Matt, you were one point away from a critical success on that check. So you both were like, hey, and he was like, I did it. It was very fun. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Suck it. Brianna, Twin Talon, Ooh, and Knife Sword are headed to speak to Gold Hand Iron Temper to find out about the missing runestone, found out that it had been stolen, and now you're trying to figure out who stole the runestone. And you're heading towards investigating Fortunate Cord, who is in charge of the Gambler's Guild. Meanwhile, back at the tavern, Soraya decided to check to see if she could find the hidden forge. And she rolled the die, and then I ended the episode. So rude. So Brianna, Twin Talon, Ooh, and Knife Sword, you guys make it to Fortunate Chords' home. I hate you so much. We're still going to ignore you, Christine. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not at her home. You find her at the Whims of Fortune, a casino in the Traveler's Quarter of Kovlar. She mentioned this at some point, right? Yes. All right, everybody. There's going to be lots of shiny things. Stay on target. Stay on mission. I'm sure we can pass by and enjoy this area later on, okay? I'm sorry, what? I'm window shopping. No, no. <sighs> Ooh straps on. You remember like in the late night, early 90s? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Family episode. <laughs> Family show. Let me finish. Ooh straps on. End of story. <laughs> Just kidding. Remember those child leashes? Like those little backpacks that look like animals or whatever. It's a leash for your kid. She straps one on to... Um, I sorry. Twin Talon. Twin Talon. <laughs> it's weird. Yes. <laughs> so you strap this weird spiky collar with a leash to knife sword. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, good. Now I can drag you everywhere. <laughs> oh, no. This is just how I wanted it. <laughs> All right. We're ready. 
So as you all head through the casino, you hear the shouts of tables winning and the groans of tables losing. You see dice games, you see card games, you see someone doing fortunes with the Harrow deck off to the side, and you approach Fortunate Cord, who's sitting at one of the tables talking with some people. And she looks up and goes, um, hello, what can I do for you? Hi. She, but she's just like at a table in the middle of the... Yeah, in the middle of the casino drinking and it looks like they're in the between like rounds of craps but they're taking their time before shooting some more dice you've also immediately lost to she's like gambling somewhere you find yourself at a black jack table i have knife sword with me he'll unleash him up go team you try to but he has done like three circles around your chair and has the leash too short <laughs> yeah he's choking himself <laughs> not that kind of place man dude damn it knife sword <laughs> supposed to help me there was a shiny on the floor <laughs> twin talon as you look at fortunate um can i help you yeah, we have uh, something to discuss with you uh, on behalf of a gold hand iron temper. You see, she roll, uh, she rolls her eyes. Yes, of course. Are you a part of this investigation now, too? Do you want to have this conversation in private or on the floor is fine? On the floor is fine. You, you can say anything to my friends here. Okay, so it appears that a runestone has been removed from the vaults using your insignia. Is she wearing her insignia? Yes. That's uh, which Twinton will point to. Uh, yes. Well, I think you're barking up the wrong tree, unfortunately. I was here on the night in question. I've already told Iron Temper this, but yes, I was here. And you see one of the dwarves that is slightly in more inebriated than everyone else go, yeah, she was here that night because I, I, I'll i remember that night forever. What is your name? Oh, my name is Nanya. <laughs> Are you one of the business sisters? Nanya, mind ya? Yes. No, but it's real easy because uh, fortunate here was dealing with a young dwarven man who attempted to cheat at the casino to win money to impress his date. <laughs> and then you see one of the other ones pat him on the shoulder, go, yes. Yeah, that was uh, quite funny because uh, he then got tossed out by the guards and our friend here, fortunate, was the one who tossed him out and then threw a barrel of garbage at him afterwards as he ran off for good measure. Wait, why is that important? Well, it's important and that's the day that supposedly this was done. So if fortunate Cord was here tossing garbage at ne'er-do-wells, then she couldn't have also been at the vault removing the runestone. You see fortunate chuckle. She goes, yes. Yes, I did toss that young man out uh, and threw some garbage at him. I'm used to facing the suspicions and accusations, as many of Kovlar's people here can be somewhat narrow-minded about the Gambler's Guild. However, it is since it's an unofficial policy of the city to blame the Gambler's Guild for any suspicions or potentially criminal activity, I'm very interested in learning what I can from you all to solve the case. I am willing to help you in any way possible. Is there any way someone could have taken your sigil without you realizing it? <sighs> it is possible. My home was broken into on that night in question, and several items 
were stolen. Among my stolen items were a ruby, a sapphire ring that had belonged to my grandmother. That's the only things that had been taken. There were no signs that any of my other possessions were tampered with, specifically the regent sigil, which was in my lockbox. And when I checked for it after reporting the robbery, it was still in there. And it wasn't a phony? Not that I know of. And it still worked to open your office door and... Yes. Did you report the theft of the ruby and the ring to the guard? Absolutely. Okay. So there should be some record of that. Now, I would understand if you would not want me to do this, but would I be able to see the lockbox in which you keep your sigil? Yes, absolutely. After you. Oh, yes. Brianna, your man's getting into someone's box. So she leads the entire group out of the casino and kind of around back to where she lives because she lives very close to it as this is her place of business. And she shows you the lockbox. It looks very sturdy. It looks like there's some magical runes etched into the outside to prevent people from stealing from it. All right, Twin Town's going to take a look with his expertise in accessing things like this. Does it show any signs that the lock was picked or otherwise accessed without whatever key is used? Give me a thievery roll. Okay. It doesn't look like there's been any tampering with the lock. It looks like it's still functioning the way it should. Okay. Twin Talon is going to pull out his thieves tools and kind of roll them out. So it's obvious what he's doing. And he's like, if you don't mind, and he's going to take out what he thinks would be the appropriate picks and see if he can pick the lock himself. As you move to pick the lock, you do set off an alarm spell. So oh. <laughs> noise starts going off there and Fortuna goes, sorry, sorry, and you see her run over and turn off the, the alarm. And then you also see her smudge out some of these runes on the side. She goes, those were exploding runes. I didn't want you to get hurt. Go ahead. Good lord. Huh, it sounded like the Goblin National Anthem. Well, it kind of defeats the purpose, but okay. So was the alarm set off when you were burgled? No, the exploding runes are new. I had just installed those, but the alarm rune has been there for a while. Okay. So Twin Talon is going to try to pick the lock, see if he can open it up. All right. Give me a thievery roll, please. So after like 10 minutes of working on this, you finally are able to pick the lock, but it was a pain to get through and open. Like you made more noise than you're used to just with the way that how difficult this lock was. Okay. So, I mean, assuming nobody was here when it happened, it's certainly possible somebody broke into it. It'll close it. He'll swim with latches behind him. But So not impossible for someone to have broke in, but they would have had to break in twice. Or how long were you gone? Like when you came back from work, I guess is when you found that the theft had happened? Yes. As you can tell, I work very close to the casino here. So after disposing of the cheater and his date, I had a quick meal at the casino and then came back and went to bed. But as I came back, I noticed that I had been robbed and thus putting off my going to bed. How long were you gone that day? I was gone from eight to noon and then came home for an hour break. And then after that, I got up, cleaned up the house a little bit, went back to work around three and I got home around 10. Okay, so there's a seven hour window there where someone could get in, get your medallion. This is a lot of work, but I guess it could have been done. Do we know about what time that this happened? No. In fact, you were told by the guardian back at the vault that 
unfortunate cord came to the vault to check out the item after work hours. No other regents were in the building at this time. So the checking out happened post five o'clock. Okay. Between three and five, they could have gotten into her house, gotten the amulet. Is it plausible that someone could have left here at like, say, four o'clock, got there just after five, done whatever they had to do, get back here, put everything away by 10? It's possible. So the traveler's quarters and the commerce quarters are next to each other. It would have taken probably like an hour to go between the two sites. Okay. So it seems like an easy thing that someone could have done. Yeah. Like if you have seven hours, like that's a lot of time for an hour of travel time. That's an easy back and forth. Okay. I think I pulled you guys all over to the map of Kovlar. So let's say that this line that I'm putting on right now. So the bottom section is the traveler's quarters and the top section is the commerce quarters. We'll say that, uh, well, I won't say, I'll just tell you that this circled building over here to the Northwest, that's where the vault and everything is. And the casino is down to the southeast here. So they're like two blocks away from each other. Yeah, but the problem with this is you can't see. That's about 1,600 feet. Which is what, a half mile? I don't, I forget how. Yeah, I'm not great with that, but we'll say half a mile or so. So yeah, it's totally plausible to get there and back again. A mile's almost 5,300 feet. So that would be like almost a quarter mile something. Yeah. That's an easy thing to do within that time. So I don't think we have any clue as to who might have done this. It's clear that it is unfortunate. Well, I was, I'm just saying it. A fortunate cord has an alibi and other people can put her at the casino for that time. And it's certainly possible to have broken in, gotten the thing and put it back before she got home. Then there is a plausible way that that could have done without Fortunate's involvement. But then how does that explain her not? Because it was something about her not realizing. It was strange that she wouldn't have known that things were missing. The only way I could feasibly think that would happen is that whoever it is made a switch. Maybe they gave them a dummy version of whatever they used. I don't know. Sure. My theory would be that they watched the house. They saw her leave at three. They broke in, stole the thing, went to the vault after five, used her her medallion to get in there and take the runestone. And then again, it's like a quarter and a half mile away. It's a very short distance. When they left, they could have left the window open or whatever, right? Got back in, replaced it, took a couple things so that there would be, maybe their break-in, they weren't smooth coming in, so there was evidence of the break-ins. They had to steal something. So they took the other items to mask what they stole, which now I'm curious if the inevitable can locate object, can they locate the other two items? Because that might take us to whoever stole the medallion. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. Like if we have a good enough description of it, like I'm not sure how it works, like if they have to have seen it before or what, but if we have a good enough description of it, if we could get them to locate it. The way the spell works. So it's the spell discern location. You learn the name of the target's exact location, including building, community and country and plane of existence. You can target a creature only if you've seen it in person, have one of its significant belongings or have a piece of its body. To target an object, you must have touched it or have a fragment of it. So the problem with that is they've never touched it or had a fragment of it. Well, it was a good idea. It was a good idea. I Very good idea. Fortunate cord, learn this spell. <laughs> she looks at you and goes, I appreciate you looking into this. I'm sure you'll come back to me as a suspect as it is inevitable because everyone comes to me, assuming that me or someone in my guild has done something. But I would like to offer you this item as a gift and as a thank you for investigating this. 
and she hands you a small warhammer. I mean, if it's a warhammer, dwarves are medium, right? Yes, this is called a dwarven thrower. <gasps> oh, these are really cool for dwarves. They're not as great for everybody else. Yeah, so a dwarven thrower is a plus two striking warhammer. It is inlaid with precious metals and decorated with geometric patterns in a dwarven style. If you're a dwarf, a dwarven thrower functions for you as a plus two greater striking returning warhammer with a thrown third 30 feet trait, and your attacks with the hammer deal 1d8 additional damage against giants. This item is worth a measly 2,750 gold. Ugh, measly. So you have a random dwarven thrower now. Christine! Do we finally get the result of my roll? Wait, is the end of the episode again? Is that where we'll go back to Christine? God, there's no way it's been an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish it was. I really do, because I would be hit so many times. I'd be punched so hard. I'd drive over. I'll help <laughs> at that point. Say I'm not my mother, but then we have to explain that whole story. So, <laughs> Oh, geez. So you've searched and you look at the maps and you think about the clues of everything you've heard. You feel like you've made significant progress towards determining the forge's location. In fact, you're so sure that you think you know where the entrance is located. You think it is accessible via a secret entrance in a cellar below an abandoned building on the outskirts of the Earth Fire District. I will try and join back up with the group as soon as I can before I go explore that myself. All right. So I'll say because it did take you some time to figure all of that stuff out and whatnot, I'm going to say the group has probably come back to where you are all staying. I'm also going to say that since so much time has passed, I'm going to say that you've all healed to full. Can we also have swung by the Goldhan Iron Temper to let her know what we found? Yeah, absolutely. What do you want to say to her? So we looked into the theft. Unfortunately, your guard can't locate the runestone because of its inherent magical properties or something. It was an anti-magic rune, right? Oh, well, that would explain why. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I thought I said it, but it is a anti-magic armor rune. Okay. It appears that Fortunate Chord's medallion was used to open the vault, but no one was there to see who actually used it. The logbooks were, those pages were removed, so there's no evidence to compare handwriting or anything. And when we looked into it, Fortunate Chord not only has an alibi for the time in question, but the day that that happened, there was a break in at her house. Now, the medallion was there, still locked up when she got back, but there was a break in. Other things were stolen. And it is my opinion that the box is pickable and it is possible given the timeline that someone could have gotten in, taken it, got to the vault, retrieved the stone and put her amulet back while she was at work. This is very disconcerting. So there are two things that were stolen. There is, sorry, there's a ruby and a a ring, an amethyst ring, I believe. Was it amethyst? So it's possible if you can run them down either at a pawn shop or if you can find them in some way that you'll find out who took the amulet. But we don't really have the resources to do that. This is upsetting to say the least. Okay, well, I will continue to investigate this. If you would also continue to investigate, I would be very much appreciative of your assistance as you've done so much for us already i'm just gonna ask for some more we will certainly try and do our best well that's all i can ask right (laughs) i could ask you to do more but then it wouldn't work yes i'm uncomfortable 
Ooh, ooh grabs her hand. Don't be uncomfortable, baby. I got you. Oh, I'm sweating now. <laughs> <laughs> sweating from our love. Yes, exactly. Anyway, uh, where's Soraya? <laughs> I just wanted to put a bow on that, so that's not left loose. No dangling. Well, do we want to rest, or do we want to go to what I suspect is the entrance to the Shadow Forge? How's everybody feeling? I guess is the, the question for that. How are our spellcasters? I'm good. <laughs> Why do I not believe you? Are you sure? I don't think you sound it. <laughs> How tight is that Colin? Thought it was, it was more a backpack situation, but what do I know? Well, we had to go gambling. He's fine. <laughs> he just needs a little water and a cracker, and then he's fine. Just <laughs> Need some applesauce. (laughs) (laughs) She picks knife sword up, just puts them on her shoulders. Come on, baby, let's go. Oh, artwork I want to see. (laughs) (laughs) So are you guys headed to the forge or are you headed to sleep? What time of day is it at this point? It is roughly eight o'clock at night. I kind of want to go to Garnus and see if there's any update on what's been done about bad guy. At the Carpenter's Guild, Aljorn. She's the one we turned the evidence into, right? Right. Yeah, but then she ran out like rushing around. So I'm just kind of curious to know, like, has anything been set in motion yet? Are we waiting on something? No, things have been set into motion. And I'm sure Soraya would have told you about the fact that he's been arrested and there is unrest. Yes, that there is unrest. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Unrest between some of the guilds right now. All right. Well, in that case, do we want to rest or do we want to get out of here? If everybody is amenable, I would rather keep on the tail of this before it goes inevitably cold. Also, if we hit them when they're sleeping, that might be better. Let's keep going then. I'll hit them when they're sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Donkey punch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if there are no objections. Knife Sword, you doing okay up there? (laughs) All right. We're ready. Let's go. Roll out. So you guys head to where Soraya thinks the entrance to the hidden forge is. Can I get everyone to roll me a perception check? And then I'm going to roll some other checks for people's. Public or blind? Blind. Always blind. I would like to know who can read the following. Because you all see this etched above where you think the door is. Oh, I can read it. I mean, I can read it. <laughs> What's it say? Rosette. All right, all right, all right, all right. No one can understand you. I'll loosen it a little bit. Just a little bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> it says... His head shrinks down just a little bit. <laughs> Process the faith or process the faith. Oh, no, that was a typo because I can't type either. That's what it says. Profess the faith. <laughs> Sorry, the blood was leaving my head. I like though. <laughs> Roscar. And then I just need to make a secret stealthy roll for someone. Don't mind me. Oh, no. I'm assuming this is like a speak friend and enter type situation where it's like a keyword. All right. So once Brianna knows what that says, she looks around and goes, oh, This is easy. When we open the door, something might attack us unless we say the passphrase, which it looks like is profess the faith, which is a Droskarism that their followers say. We should be careful because there's something that's going to pop out and attack us unless we say this. That sounds just like Brianna. Yes, yes, she says that. Great, great. (laughs) So you push open the door 
and a staircase rises beyond an archway in the north of this room. Opposite this archway in the south wall sits a solid stone door, above of which a brief message has been chiseled, which is what you guys can see. So it's profess the faith? Yep. Do you think we have to say it in Dwarven? Might as well. What is the Dwarven professation of Roscarian uh... faith? Well, I thought Sean said that profess the faith was like a thing that they say. So maybe that's like, we just have to say it. Yes, that's it's like uh, may the force be with you and also with you. Can we get knife sword to say it? Knife sword, say the thing. <laughs> does anything happen when he does that? You see that the two statues on either side turn to look at the rest of you. I don't know. Oshkosh bagosh, Oshkosh bagosh. I try it in English or common. All right, they're still looking at you. I try to imitate what sounds Knife Sword just made. Roll. Ooh, this is a good one. Let's see. I think you should all roll either religion, diplomacy, or deception to try and fake the language that you're... I'm not faking, though. Not you. Not you. (laughs) The rest of the uncultured swine you're with. All right. So as you all attempt to say Klaatu Verata, <coughs> essentially, you all succeed on this and you all manage to hooked on phonics in Dwarven, say profess the faith and the statues turn from you and turn back to the wall opposite you. Okay, one down. That was good, yeah. Fontana's going to keep an eyeball out for any traps or anything else that we should be aware of as we're moving through here. Okay. Can you guys see the door to the south? Yes. Great. So I think we're going south. All right. Fontana will check out the door for any kind of other things we should be aware of and then listen to see if there's anything on the other side. All right, secret perception roll, please. All right, so you don't see any traps or anything on the door. And as you're listening, you hear in like a whispery, guttural sounding language. Ich versicher. Ich You what, mate? Twin Town will try to mimic what was said to Knife Sword and be like, does that sound like anything to you? No, it does not. Nah, sounds like gibberish. All right, well, somebody's on the other side of it. Would I be able to figure it out because I have a crude communication feat? All right, so after listening for about 10 minutes, Heidi, you can kind of discern that there are two people talking and they are not happy with each other. You know, when you're like stuck in a room with someone you don't like for hours on end and you kind of just like snap at them. That's kind of what happens. Yeah, they're having a lover's quarrel in there. Oh, I see. Uh, Brian, you want to go play therapist? No, thank you. Do we know what exactly is being said? I can't really quite understand them. They just they just sound unhappy with each other, hanging out too, too much together. He said, you ask too much of me, and the other one's all like, I, you just don't listen to me, and I don't really know. <laughs> Sounds like a lover's quarrel. Oh, that is quite a lot to get out of not understanding. Wow, that's impressive. I'm very impressive. That you are, my friend. <laughs> so what now? Two folks behind that door. Twin Talon, you want to sneak a little peeky-poo and see how far they are, and then maybe if they're real far, we can sneak attack them. And- All right. Well, I mean, peeky-poo it is. So Twin Talon's <laughs> going to try to very stealthily just crack the door so you can get an eyeball on whatever is inside of there. Okay. Before you do that, Matt, just I want to give everyone a little bit 
of information. The stairs you came down were about 10 feet wide and it leads about 80 feet down. So we've already gone down 80 feet? Yes. Okay, thank you. All of the rooms, unless I tell you otherwise, will have low light. That really doesn't matter because you can all see. So it's low light, less of an issue. The ceilings are 15 feet up in the air, unless I say otherwise. All the walls and doors here are made of stone and fairly thick. So sound would be dampened. Matt, you can make a little peeky poo now. Okay, stealthily opening the door. Just a crack here. So I see a person, one human person to the southeast. The air in this room is unusually warm and laced with the stink of unwashed bodies. Several doors provide exits with a single door to the south hanging open through which the sound of machinery grinding can be heard. In this room, you see a human standing there. And let me just give you a picture so you guys can describe what she looks like. It is a machinery thing moving in a circle. Are there people pushing it? Yes. If you've ever watched the Conan movies, the Wheel of Pain is the thing that Conan and the other slaves have to like push around in a circle for whatever reason. But here it looks like it's hooked up like a bike chain. You said, but there are people pushing in a circle. Okay. That's as good of a picture as I can get right now. So I apologize. She is very pale. Black hair up in a bun with, it looks like a chopstick in it. Looks like that she's wearing leather armor and has um, World of Warcraft style pauldrons, meaning they're way too big for her body. Oh. And she's tall. She's about seven feet tall. Seven feet tall. Lady Dimitrisk. Giant? Nope, not a giant. Just a abnormally large human. Okay. So Twin Town peeks in. He'll report back to the group. Uh, there's a, a door to the south. It's open. There's some people pushing a, a big machine in a circle. In the next room, I can see a tall woman. She looks human. She's tall, tall. And I can't see who she's talking to. But I assume he's in the room to our right because to the left, there's just a wall with a door on it. Are we ready to rock and roll? We haven't not done it yet. I think so. Matt, real quick, before you barge in there, I should have had you do this. Can you roll me a quick perception check? Sure. Perception checks are my specialty. So as you were giving the quick once over, you noticed that on the human's right hand on her finger is a sapphire ring. (gasps) Did we find our burglar? Maybe. You'll have to find out and wait till next week. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh, snap. Woo! Oh, this is fun. Of course. We found her. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Let's go. We're like little Scooby Doo sleuths. Mm-hmm. Why did you why did why did you curse after I rolled? Was my roll real high? Yeah. I also forget that you guys are two levels higher than what oh well, hang on. We'll do this next week. Bye-bye. Fine, whatever. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> I wanna know now. Thank you for listening to the Cracked Eye Podcast. Please visit us at crackedeyepodcast.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the Age of Ashes Adventure Path are property of Paizo. Background audio was provided by Sirenscape because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. Additional background music was provided by Epidemic Sound. Please visit them at epidemicsound.com. The Cracked Eye podcast theme was composed by Angelo DiLoretto. He is forever missed. This episode was edited by Nathan. Please visit them on Twitter at at EditingNate. 
Finally, thank you to all our patrons for assisting us in breathing life into this production. We do not know where we'd be without them. If you'd like to join our Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs>